The Daily Tap is live for Friday. We are back after a day hiatus. We'll talk about how that's going to work in a little bit. We're going to also talk Packer betting lines. we talk Badger betting lines. we talk about free agents for the Brewers that I would like. And then we are going to wrap it up. Before we get going, just a reminder to follow along on social media, tapping the keg on Twitter, tapping the keg sports on Instagram and TikTok. I will do my best to capture my time at Lambo this weekend. So make sure you're following along. Also, uh, make sure that you rate and review. Uh, we love to see some more reviews come in. I'd really appreciate it. The fact that we're grinding on this for a recording, I feel like is more than enough for you to give us a new review and a new rating. It'd be appreciated. Also, drop that subscribe button if you haven't, Apple, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. All right, let's clear the air first. Before we get started, before we talk Packers, Cowboys, which we're going to do in length, I uh, just want to mention that I am taping this on my cell phone. Um, I will upload it to SoundCloud from my phone, which I didn't know I could do, but that's great. I just found it out this morning. My computer is on the fritz. I don't know what's wrong with it. was told one to three business days. Uh, shout out Brookfield Computers. Seem like some nice people. Uh, so they're, they're taking my computer. Hopefully we'll have some answers for that. Um, I'd love to get back tomorrow and then it's business as usual the rest of the week. But if I don't, we will continue to soldier on via the phone. So things sound weird. You get that. If I'm a little shorter with the pod, that's probably why. Just, I, I don't know. I have no idea. If I'm going to do the same 40, 45 minutes, or if it's going to be more close to, say, 20, 25. I, I have zero idea. Uh, so that's kind of what to expect. If it sounds a little funky, that's why. Uh, my wife offered to for me to use her computer and tape, but then I was like, well, I got done on Odyssey. I have to do this. I got to post the content. Like It just felt like a lot of work. It still is a lot of work to operate just on your cell phone. I'm not going to lie to you. It's not necessarily the easiest thing that I have to do, but hey, you got to make plays, you make plays. And this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to live. I couldn't go by and say, hey, we're not going to do a podcast. If this was like the middle of the, the summer, I'd be like, unless it's breaking news, we're just going to take a couple-day couple, couple day hiatus and take a few days off. But we're in the depths of Packer season. And the Bucks are going on. The college basketball is happening. I realize we're not talking about that. Maybe we'll do a little hoops at the end. I realize I didn't say that in the intro. But maybe we'll just do like a round ball, a round ball wrap-up, if you will, of just everything happening uh, between the teams. But yes, uh, it's uh, we got to keep going, man. We can't we can't stop. Uh, so we aren't gonna stop. And let's dig into should I bet my team Packers Cowboys, and then we'll do Badgers and Iowa. Packers return home after two weeks in Buffalo and Detroit, or three weeks, excuse me. They were in Washington. That's right. They haven't been home since that debacle of a Jets game. So three straight road trip for the Packers. They are back in action playing the Dallas Cowboys. Arguably the hardest game of the season for the Green Bay Packers. Not a lot of people are giving them a shot. Everybody is throwing dirt on this Green Bay Packers season. People are saying the Packers are done. People are saying the Packers should tank. It is looking like it's me against the world, really. And when I say me, I mean the royal me. I mean the royal you. Like everybody is against the Packers right now. And I absolutely love it. I love that feeling. 
That is such a great feeling as a sports fan to know that you are being counted out. And if you still believe in your team, if you still feel like there is some magic left, then you you get encouraged by it. Do I feel great about Dallas's pass rush first, what Green Bay has on the offensive line? No, not really. I think they're going to have to figure out ways to combat that pass rush. I don't know what that is. I would watch tape on what some of the things the Bears did. Even though the Bears lost, they still put up 29 points against this Dallas defense, which is impressive. When we get into over-unders, not a lot of teams are putting up 29 points against the Dallas Cowboys. Pardon me. So they, they, deserve, they deserve some credit. Like We deserve to acknowledge the fact that you know, the Bears put up some points. And how do you how do you kind of do that? Is it short passes? Is it running the football? How do you keep Micah Parsons from going off? Now, David Bakhtiari had some issues with turf. It sounds like he's going to be back. It sounds like Elton Jenkins will be back. The Packers will have their offensive line they want. Now, this is we thought they'd have that against Detroit. Then Runyon went out with some knee problems for a little bit. Then you had Bakhtiari out for the second half, but they should have their full offensive line. So some of the stats about the Packer offensive line might be misleading considering they've had a ton of line combinations. Now, Kurt Warner broke down how the wide receivers are bad for the Green Bay Packers, and I think Kurt Warner has a point. I know Jeremy Fowler had the report about people that didn't want to be scapegoated and things like that, and honestly, it was one of those things with Fowler where it was basically clickbait. Everybody ran with it. Everybody was like, oh, it's the receivers that don't want to be scapegoated, but if you read what Fowler said, it's like some are frustrated with Aaron Rodgers basically making the wide receivers the scapegoat, which I don't even think Rodgers has made them the scapegoat. I felt like that whole thing was taken out of context. First of all, that sum could be anybody. That could be the front office. That could be the coaches. That could be the receivers. That could be the receivers agents who are talking to these receivers. It could have been anybody. It could be any Tom, Dick, and Harry, right? That's number one. Number two, just because Rodgers was critical and said they need to make plays and the mental mistakes can't happen, that is suddenly a scapegoat. I don't think that's scapegoating anybody. Yes, Rodgers is pissed off. Rodgers should be allowed to be mad. I agree with Matt LaFleur that the cameras are always going to be on him. And because Aaron Rodgers has been such a prick in in you know the day-to-day game, they need, he needs to settle it down. He needs to tone it down. He needs to just keep it to himself. I understand he's frustrated. I totally get it. And I know there's a double standard with him and Tom Brady. But at the same time, Aaron Rodgers just needs to relax. Like he can't, he can't just go out and motherfuck everybody, okay? Like that just can't happen. And so I, I hope that that gets better. I hope that Rodgers sort of channels that a little bit, has a little more zen, if you will. He talked all the time about finding his peace, finding his zen. That's what Aaron Rodgers needs to get back to, especially on the sidelines, and work with some of these young guys. And I agree the mental mistakes can't happen. I don't want to see Sammy Watkins on the field. I really hope Sammy Watkins is not on the field, and we'll have to see. And then defensively, you know, Dak Prescott has been good against zones. I mean, I was looking for the stats uh, when I was preparing for the podcast uh, for yesterday, and I couldn't find him. But from what I remember, Dak has been very good against zones, and he's been very tough against zones. So are they going to play mostly man? 
Is that what the Packers are going to do? How do you pressure Dak Prescott? How do you make him uncomfortable? Are you able to stop the running attack? I actually think it would be beneficial for the Packers to have the Zeke Elliott-Tony Pollard combination because I think Tony Pollard could give the Packers fits with the way that he goes on the edges. The Packers have got burned on the edges before. I worry that Pollard would pop a big one. If you want to do a prop against the Packers, if you're not going to bet the Packers, you could probably bet Tony Pollard's longest run. I think that would work out for you. I think that would be a good bet to make, even if you're one of those people who bets against your team, which I will never do, okay? Even if I felt like the Packers wouldn't be able to cover this spread, I would not bet against the Packers. I feel like that is sacrilegious. I feel like that is not being a true sports fan. I th- actually think it's embarrassing because you're making money against the team you're rooting for. Like, so you lose your bet and you don't, do you still get the same satisfaction because the Packers win? Yes, I know it's called an emotional hedge, but I just, I think it's loser behavior. I really do. I apologize. I know there are people who do it and I get it, but it's not my, it's not my cup of tea. I really don't like it. Uh, I just can't. It's a principle for me. That's one of the few principles for me. The other one is buying points because I just don't want to get fucked on a hook. Like, I know it's stupid. I know it costs me money. And if you did the math, I'm sure it costs me more money than I think it does. But same time, like, I can't get hooked. Like, I, I just losing, losing a game at nine and a half when you could have had 10 is just stupid to me or the vice versa. Nine versus nine and a half. I understand some of them are football, football, basketball numbers, whatever it may be, but I don't know. It's just a personal opinion. I think everybody's different. So anyways, as for the line itself, uh, we did a little preview. Now let's get into the line itself. The line itself, Packers are four and a half point underdogs. I would say that's about two points too low. I'd say that for what the Cowboys profile has been and what the Packers profile has been, it probably should be six and a half, but it's four and a half. And I think they are begging you to take the Cowboys. They want you to take the Cowboys. The Cowboys are at such a low number. Hammer the Cowboys. Put the Cowboys in a money line parlay. They're, everything is telling you to take the Cowboys. And that's why you should take the Packers. I'm... I'm de- I'm average to above average confidence in this game. I-, I just think it's going to be close. I wouldn't be surprised if it comes down to the field goal. I think the Packers can win outright. I don't recommend taking that money line. Packers have cost you enough money. There's no reason to take it. But I just feel like they are due for a victory. At some point, you find the winning way. At some point, you get over the hump. Rodgers talked about that with McAfee. You do figure out how to win win the football game and play a full, complete game. They want to beat Dallas, all right? Like, I know the Mike McCarthy stuff has been a lot more fuzzier than I think people wanted, right? I think people wanted the drama. They wanted, you know, shots from Rodgers, shots from McCarthy. It didn't happen. All of them were happy-go-lucky. All of them were... Like, yeah, this is great. Like, I hope Mike gets a great reception. And I have seen some Packer fans who are like, well, we should boo him anyways because he's the coach of the Cowboys. I, here's, here's my take on that. I wouldn't say you have to boo him because he's on the Cowboys. I say still boo the team. Like, when the Cowboys get introduced, boo him. If they're like a special welcome back to former Packer coach Mike McCarthy, then, yeah, I, I think that's a situation where if you wanted to boo – Go ahead. Like, I'm not, I won't boo. I will be cheering. I mean, I I understand he's the opposition. I get that. But my brain is 
I think a little more advanced to put two and two together and not be so simple minded that I can't cheer for him, but also hate his fucking guts and want him to lose. Like how it goes, right? Like you still cheer your rivals at some point, at some times. I shouldn't say you do it at all times, but there are certain situations. What I meant to say was there are certain situations where you cheer your rivals. Okay. There, There just is, you know, if Albert Pujols hits a 700 home run against the Brewers, which would be a nightmare. I, but would you, wouldn't you have cheered for him? Like, you, you kind of have to, right? It sucks. I hate Albert Pujols, but I, I feel like I have to cheer for that guy. I feel like I have to admire the accomplishment. How can you not, right? So I, I look at that, and I just think it, it's a little overblown. And so as for the – yeah, I, the spread-wise, we kind of got off track here, but – the spread-wise, yeah, I just feel like it's a galvanizing game. I really do. They're back home. It's the first time the Packers have had a home game since the Jets game, uh, middle of October, so almost a month since they've been in Lambeau. Yes, they were a disaster in that Jets game in the second half. Remember, that first half, it was 3-3. Three to three. There is a path that the Packers could have won that football game. I mean, that's the really fucked-up thing about almost every game this year except for maybe Minnesota and Buffalo. And I mean, Buffalo also has that. Where Packers could have won the game. Like, they're not getting blown out. They're not getting their doors beaten off. There are some people that think the Cowboys are going to absolutely smoke us today. And, and again, more loser behavior. Like, I, I think it will stay close. I could see someone thinking the Cowboys cover the spread, win by seven. But I just think the Packers are, are backs against the wall, know they have to win. And I think they know if they go 2-0 and this week, not just 1-0, and if they go 2-0 and this week, all of a sudden the Packers are back in the mix. All of a sudden it's here comes the Packers, sets up this showdown with the Eagles 10 days later, gives them ample time to prepare for Hurts and Sirianni, and, here we, and away we go. And the hot take machine spins in another direction. They look for another piece of flesh to get at. So, yes, I'm taking the Packers plus the 4.5. I would say I'm decently confident on it. As for the over-under, it's 43. I don't love it. I don't hate it. Um, it's above a football number. If it were to get to 42, if it went down to 42, or it were to go, it won't go up to 45. But if it were to go down to 42, I might have some interest in there. It's going to be cold. It is going to be very cold at Lambeau Field compared to what they've been dealing with, right? It's 36 degrees. No one's really acclimated. I do also think that works to the Packers' advantage, right? The Cowboys haven't played a cold-weather game yet this season, and the Packers are just kind of born with born into it. Shout-out to Bain. So 43, I'd be on the under. Um, I would say that my confidence level is probably low to medium on that. It's just 43 is not a ton of points, right? Packers have, have had games where points are plenty, and I could see a situation where you see a little more points than what might be expected. I could see this being somewhere in the 24 to 20 range, right? Or 27, 24. I, I just, I don't really see this being a defensive slugfest. Maybe I'm naive. Maybe that's just me at the game, not wanting a 13, nine football game since I think that was, that, that wasn't the score of the last one I was at, but yeah, I was at that 49ers game where nobody scored. So I really hope that the Packers can get some points on the board. It's a fun day at Lambeau. I, I've seen two losses. Like this would be my first time if the Packers lose on Sunday. This would be my first time I've seen back-to-back losses at Lambeau. And I go once a year usually. So this would be the first time ever 
my entire life of being a Packer fan. First time ever, two straight losses. Can't have, can't have me ruin that legacy. Just can't. Moving on to Wisconsin and Iowa. Wisconsin is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under is a saucy 35. I mean, that is, that's all you want, right? As for the Badgers and the Hawkeyes, it is a rivalry game. It is a smash-mouth, old-school, Big Ten football game. And both teams have a shot at the Big Ten West. There is a window. If Illinois were to lose against Purdue, then it opens up for either the winner of the winner of this game. So either Wisconsin or Iowa. They know that that's in front of them. Iowa would love another chance at Ohio State. Same with Wisconsin. Both got blown out in similar fashions. These are similar football teams. But I will point out that Spencer Petraeus, which I butchered his name, Petrus, uh, he, he can't help himself with turning the ball over. And the Badgers are very good at turning the ball over. And I think that is going to be the difference in this game. Short fields are going to matter. 35 points are going to matter. All right, with 35 points, every little advantage is going to matter. And I can see the turnovers and the Badger defense being the reason why they win this game. I realize that Iowa's won the last two. They beat Northwestern and they beat Purdue, which was in a game where the weather was awful and it played right into Iowa's hands and not into Purdue's. So I look at that, those facts and I say, Iowa just kind of got the benefit of the doubt. Now, the Badgers were a little shaky on the road against Michigan State. They were much better, obviously, with Northwestern. But again, speaking about the Cats, like who isn't good against Northwestern? So I don't worry necessarily about the Badgers on the road. This, defense, this Iowa defense is nasty. Uh, they, they are going to try to do the exact same, get short fields for their team and let the Hawkeyes offense do the work. I would just look at it and say, just try to get points when you can. I think the Badgers have more dynamic players. I think you can do more with Braylon Allen, Isaiah Grundo, Skylar Bell. Like I, I just look at the athletes that the Badgers have in that offense, and it's sneaky how many they have and how many can make a big play here or there. And that's, that's really all you're going to need. And so I would say from a confidence standpoint, I, I sit at – a below average. I just don't know if this Badger team is real or not. Like the Purdue win was great. The Maryland win was great. I'm just, I kind of still wondering if this is a team that could find their way to the Big Ten title game or if they're just kind of middle of the road. Remember, both teams have an opportunity to clinch a bowl. Uh, if Iowa win, I, either team wins, they're bowl eligible, which matters a little bit, not not as much. So as for the under, it, under over 35, I have no feel at all. It's such a low number. I was trying to get some data to be like, you know what? They do score points. I think the last two were in the 30s. Both went under. Uh, it's, it's not a place where a lot of points happen. It, again, it's going to be your 1960s slugfest, which is, there's not a problem with that. I also would love, I know they have a very good secondary, but I would love if Wisconsin came out passing. If Wisconsin was like, all right, you guys expect us to run the football, you're loading the box, whatever, we're going to just start passing on you. And we'll let you try to stop it. So I don't know. I, I would stay far away from that over-under. If you want to take the over 35 just for shits and giggles, I don't blame you. It's such a low number that you might as well just try. What's the worst thing going to happen? You don't win it. 
Um, it it seems like it's still a a feel good idea. It's a good idea, right? But I am I am not recommending it. it. It would be one of those if you're like, yeah, I have an extra extra couple of bucks lying around. Let me just throw it on the, throw it on the Iowa Wisconsin over. But yeah, I'm not recommending that one either way. I think laying the points with Badgers is all right. I think there's nothing wrong with the one and a half, and it's really based on the turnovers that we've seen from this Iowa offense. And I think that has to be worrisome in a game where the field can get short. And I know Mertz, Mertz has his own turnover issues, but it's not, to me, the level of Petrus. And Iowa, to me, is a little bit getting inflated from the last two weeks, and we're not really looking at the body work, which I would argue Wisconsin's is a little bit better. Let's move on to the Brewer free agency and what we have there. Uh, it's free agency started for baseball in well about like a day ago or so, not day yeah, a day ago. They started Thursday afternoon. The only real signing, I guess, was Clayton Kershaw comes back to the Dodgers. The guy's a Dodger for life. Um, I'm not shocked at all by that move, uh, but. Every content aggregator, if you will, put together lists of guys for different teams. And Cream State Prospect, shout out to him on Twitter, he put together the list of the people that the Brewers might have interest in. So I thought about for a fun segment, why don't we run through that list and I will explain my interest to you. Michael Waka, uh, starting pitcher. He was with the Red Sox last year. Very good. Uh, yes, I'm interested in that. If they're thinking about trading Adrian Hauser or trading Corbin Burns, which is something that came up, uh, you need some stable pitching, and that's what Michael Walker can do. If you're bad for the year, you can always flip Michael Walker probably at the middle of the year. He has playoff experience. He has familiar p- pitching at American Family Field. I'm all in on the idea of Michael Walker being a brewer. Rafael Montero, also yes. He was very good with the Astros in the setup role. Could he come back to a closer? He was dog. He was god awful in 2021. Uh, relievers are tricky, so you don't want to give him a ton of money. But could Montero be your eighth inning guy to Devin Williams? I'm I'm for that idea. I'm also for the idea of Nick Martinez. I like the idea of Nick Martinez being a starter reliever hybrid pitcher. Basically, we don't see a lot of hybrid pitchers. I think you're going to see more and more as baseball evolves. But Nick Martinez is a hybrid pitcher. He rejected his offer from the San Diego Padres, trying to get more. He's hoping for starter money. I would imagine the Padres are waiting for him at any moment to resign. But yeah, I give me Martinez for sure. I think Martinez would be a vital contributor to the relievers or to the starting rotation. And it's a very, very good role to have. And I like the Swiss Army knife. I like having more of those dudes on the Brewers roster. Now what you're going to say, you're like, Charlie, are you going to approve all of these? Are you just going to just keep writing checks? No, I'm going to push back on Evan Longoria. I don't want Evan Longoria near what the Brewers are doing. It's not that he isn't a good clubhouse guy. He is, but he, he can't really hit every day. Like he struggles with righties. Righties throw the slider on him. He crumbles into a million pieces. 
Like, I, I just don't think Evan Longoria does much for me. He doesn't move the needle. He sounds pretty much like Andrew McCutcheon except right-handed. I unfortunately also one time saw his penis. Uh, it got leaked on Barstool. I saw it. It wasn't great. He was trying to solicit nudes from a girl that worked at Barstool, and she just released his nudes. So a little tip for Tat. Um, but, yeah, he's part of the dong show. I, and, if, and also, too, I know it's late Friday. So it's like, if you haven't seen a couple of athlete penises in your life, you're, you're just kind of a prude, right? We've all seen Greg, Greg Oden hang brain. We've all seen San Antonio Holmes. Like, come on, just we, let's all be adults here. All right, moving on. Uh, Joey Gallo. Uh, yeah, I'm in on Joey Gallo. Like, he frustrates the shit on me, right? Like, he would drive my dad crazy. Like, I would have to work with my dad to be like, you have to understand there are three outcomes for Joey Gallo. It is strikeout, walk, or home run. Joey Gallo could hit a ton of dingers into the right field porch at American Family Field. I am all in on the idea. The Brewers have sniffed around Joey Gallo, it seems like, a 100 times. So I wouldn't be surprised if they finally land their fish. He's going to be cheap. He's going to be affordable. The question is, do you put Gallo as a DH do you use him in the outfield? How do you operate? Gallo might be your Andrew McCutcheon for this year and sort of be that primary DH. It is another left-handed bat. That's the only, only issue, really. The Brewers have a lot of left-handed power. You just wonder if they want something from the right side. And if they did want something from the right side, uh, one of those guys would be Brandon Drury. I'm all in on that idea. Utility guy, plays third and second. He doesn't play shortstop, but he also plays a little bit of first base. Can use him in multiple different ways. He has great pop. He showed that it was not just influenced by American, uh, not American family, excuse me, greater American ballpark. He was able to do it in San Diego. Uh, I, he, he's a guy that I, I like. He's not a, a great defender, which I know Craig Council is not always big on that, but he, he provides a different approach to how the Brewers do it. He's aggressive. He takes first and second pitches. I would like a little bit of a change of pace guy in there. And I think that's what Drury presents. So I am all in on that idea. Christian Vasquez also very much in on that idea. Vasquez was the catcher for the Houston Astros. They still really like Martin Maldonado. So it's likely that they're going to move on from Vasquez. Vasquez can really hit the ball. Uh, to me, he's a lot like what we saw in 20, 2021, Omar Narvaez. Is there any worry of him going to the NL? Well, you're going to have balanced schedules. So I'm not entirely worried about that. I, I'm okay. I'm okay with Christian Vasquez. I'm, I'm okay with that idea. Chris Martin, a relief pitcher, fine, right? Like, I'm okay with that. If you're, if it's between Martin or Montero, I'd probably be Montero, but I'm fine with that too. Uh, also, to wrap it up, a couple of guys that I don't want. Um, so, un, ending on a negative. Michael Brantley, no thanks. I just had a second shoulder surgery. I know the guy can hit. Brewers have enough outfielders. I do not want Michael Bradley, Brantley. And I don't want Noah Syndergaard. Maybe it's because I listened to a lot of Caller Daddy back in the day, and he sounded like an absolute prick. But it just does not seem like a good clubhouse guy. I don't know how good of a pitcher he is. I, I just want no part of Thor. And I also don't think Thor wants to play in a non-major market, right? He played in New York. He played in L.A. He got traded to Philly. I highly, highly doubt that that guy wants to come to Milwaukee. He seems like a perfect Cub. If the Cubs can build the most unlikable roster, I think it would be Thor and Correa. 
Like those two guys together would add a little fuel to that fire uh, between the Cubs and the Brewers because both those guys are complete assholes. We'll see what the Brewers do. Um, you know, baseball free agency goes forever. Um, so we'll see what kind of year it is. Some years it's like everybody spends, spends, spends. Some years it's like, whoa, we're going to hold off on it. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, and I do, I do think it's going to be a good one for the Brewers. I know the Brad Boxberger thing, some people were really upset about it. And I don't know if you guys listened to my summer, for those who didn't know, they didn't pick up his option. They might resign him. They didn't think he was worth $3 million. And because he cleared waivers, that's clearly what it shows, which Matt Arnold was right. Good job. I think with Brad Boxberger, here's my thing. I love that he can eat innings. I know I said this to Mitch yesterday, but we'll say it again. I just never trust the guy. He was very untrustworthy in high leverage situations in 2022. So I'm, I'm okay that Brad Boxberger isn't on the team. All right, let's talk about a little bit of basketball, and then we'll ride out of here. Hope you guys were okay with the phone recording. Uh, but so we have the Milwaukee Bucks. They're in action against the San Antonio Spurs. I don't think there's a line yet. I know we talked about betting earlier in the show. Uh, the Bucks are without Giannis. They are also going to be without Drew. Uh, so a tough night potentially for the Bucks yet again against a spunky Spurs team. I I don't exactly. I, that's a stay away bet. Spurs are favored by one. Total stay away bet. Uh, do not touch that. Also, the Brook Lopez success, they, he doesn't have as much now with having to deal. I think Jacob Portal's there. Let me check that depth chart. But I'm pretty sure Jacob Portal's in the middle there. Yeah, that's going to be. And Sohan's a beast. Yeah, I, I don't like this matchup at all for the Bucs. Um, it, it's after also two, two overtimes. Again, I don't bet my team. If you're not a Bucs fan and you're listening to this podcast, I would wager on San Antonio tomorrow. I, I, I would. I really – or on Friday, excuse me. I, I would. I think that is a good bet to make. Um, but, again, I'm not going to do it. But I just – just saying, it, it looks – it looks a lot it, – it lines up pretty nicely for the Spurs. Am I worried at all about Giannis's knee? <sighs> kind of. Like, at one point, you're playing the bottom feeders of the Western Conference in the, in the Thunder and the Spurs. Sucks for the fans in San Antonio. Sucks for the fans in Oklahoma City that don't get to see Giannis. That, that is a true bummer. I, I'm bummed out for you. That's just how it goes. He missed the game against the Thunder last week, so he's missed three of his last four games. Played against the Hawks. Bucks now get until Monday off. So Giannis gets a ton of time to rest that knee. And if the knee is bothering him, and they need to, they need to kind of be transparent about this. They can't red China us. Because if Giannis doesn't play on Monday, it is full freak out from the entire city. And the hits keep on coming for 2022. So let's hope that this is the last time we see Giannis on the bench for a little bit. Um, this is a tough stretch for the Bucks coming up in, in, on Monday. We were clowning the Hawks about their schedule, and the Hawks have kind of stood up to their schedule, man. They're playing good ball, and that's a good test for the Bucs and one they kind of need to win because then you have the tiebreaker on the Hawks so far. I don't know if they play a fourth game. As for Marquette, Marquette looked really impressive tonight against Central Michigan. I realize it's Central Michigan. I keep trying to tell myself that, but David Joplin's stroke, man, was so good. 
Such a good three-point shoot stroke from David Joplin. You had Cam, not necessarily Cam Jones. Uh, you had Tyler Kolick making plays. Uh, Tyler Kolick had 11 assists in this one. He nearly had a double-double. You got to get that. Got to get that tenth point, Tyler. Uh, he doesn't care. Uh, ben Gold off the bench was very impressive. I, I really liked what I saw there. Chase Ross has been a revelation. Marquette's a lot of fun. All right, like I don't know if Marquette's going to be a top five team in the Big East, but they are a lot of fucking fun, and they get to play Purdue on Tuesday night. It's going to be a tough one, a mountain to climb. No pun intended with Zach Ivy and his six six or whatever, however tall the fuck that guy is, his height. Uh, but yeah, I I don't like Marquette's chances in that, but at least I would appre- I, I'll appreciate it if they fight. Right, that's all. That's all that really matters to me. And I hope Marquette can keep doing that. And it's encouraging to watch. Transparently did not watch any of the Badgers. Badgers play at American Family Field on, on Friday. I hope it goes well. Um, I'd hate for it to not go well. It seems like it will. Um, the structure is really interesting, right? They have a bunch of seats. But then it doesn't seem like you sit in the loge or sit in your normal, your normal sort of seats. So I'll be very curious to see how this all looks, how this comes together. Um, their submittal for Elite Eights or Final Fours, which will not happen. I have no doubt in my mind they will not look towards Milwaukee and look towards American Family Field. But curious to see that. Curious to see Wisconsin against Stanford. I don't know. Let's see here. I have Ken Palm open. We can check. Check Stanford. I again, this is very bottom ba- bottom level or base level research here. Let's see here, Wisconsin projected to beat Stanford seventy two to sixty eight. Stanford did beat Pacific. Pacific not good, and Stanford let them hang around. They do have talented players at Stanford, but Jared Haas doesn't really seem to know how to coach them. Um, so we'll see see what happens there. Uh, we'll see if the Badgers can pull out a victory, start off that weekend right for those Badger fans. And then Marquette not in action. As mentioned, they will be back next Tuesday against Purdue, which maybe we'll talk about on Wednesday's show. All right, thanks for riding with me. Sorry about the phone issue. Hopefully have it fixed on Monday. I doubt it, though. Um, so probably running back on Monday. And then Tuesday, maybe, just maybe, we'll be back. If we aren't back, I'll say this. If we're not back Tuesday, I have to take with Shannon and Mitch next week. So maybe I will with them. But, yeah, we'll figure something out. But, yeah, there might be a potential of no podcast if if need be. All right. Take care, guys. Have yourself an awesome, awesome weekend. Also, too, I should have mentioned this at the start. It's Veterans Day. Thank you so much for those who have served our country. Uh, If you are off because you are a veteran, enjoy your day off, man. Do whatever you want. Uh, But, yeah, thank you to all military service men and women. Uh, We really appreciate you. And just thank you. And that's hopefully hopefully you you all feel the same. I would imagine you do. All right. Riding out, over and out. See ya. Bye.